The grace and peace of Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially if you're visiting with us today. We are delighted that you're here. And some of our special guests today are the Tumayini Partnership and what do we call it? The Outreach Foundation. Yes. And you know them because they are the people that are, make it happen for the Tumayini home. And Ibrahim Mazwari, we're so glad that you are all here with us this morning in worship. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having us. We enjoyed your hospitality. And thank you again. Great. <laughs> they, had our, they had their conference all day yesterday over in Tankersley Hall. We're, we're glad that you're here too if you're visiting with us. On each one of the rows there is a friendship pad. It should be near the center aisle. It's a black folder. And we'd love to have you take it and fill it out and pass it down the row so that we know who's here with us today. You can see the announcements that are going on in the life of the church inside of your bulletin. Today is Parish Sunday, which means that our deacons are over in Tankersley Hall preparing a party for you for after this service. If you are a member of the church, you have been designated in a, in a geographic um, region, a geographic parish, and you have a deacon assigned to you, and your deacon would love to meet you over there. If you're not a member, you are very welcome to come too and come and meet all of the deacons. We also have it at your deacon's table, your contact sheet for the parish, and would like to have you correct any information. We just found out that somebody that we thought lived there actually had moved to there, but we only found out by going to the door and there was nobody there. So if you could correct your information for us, it would help us a lot. The third Friday group invites you to join them this coming Friday for their Academy Awards night. It is a night when we dress in our best glamour, and we will be having three members of the side street strutters from Disneyland come and play old movie tunes and old show tunes for us. It's a potluck. You do need to sign up over in Tankersley Hall. Also, our women's retreat, the deadline to sign up for that is tomorrow. You do that online on the church website, and you can see more information about it inside of here. Our theme this year is Won't You Be My Neighbor? unexpected kindness. And our speaker, Lisa Smith, is a pastor in the area, and she is both hilarious and very clear to tell it like it is. Uh, you will like Lisa very much. I hope you sign up to be with us on that. Also, we're in the midst of taking the survey, the CAT survey, to help us understand who we are as a congregation. That explains how to do that online in here. There is a link. If you don't have that link, please call the office and ask them to send it to you because this is the last week to take that survey. So we hope that as many of you as possible will do it. We're, very, we're ahead of the curve. We have more than most uh, churches have at this point in the, in the study. And also Lent, which begins the first week in March, we will be doing some Lent small groups around a book by Eugene Peterson, Traveling Light, which is about the book of Galatians. It's a chance to sign up for those out also in Tank Hall today. There are about four or five of those groups being offered, and it's a good chance for you to get together with a small group of people, get to know them better, and talk about what it is that we're studying and what we're hearing Sunday morning as part of the sermons. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, you are a God who astonishes us. You make promises when there is no evidence in sight. And so as we come to worship, you give us the freedom to be amazed, 
and to trust your way among us and your call upon our lives. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The psalmist calls us to worship. With our whole heart we praise you, Lord. Before the might and the powerful we sing your praises. We praise praise you for your your steadfast love and faithfulness endure forever. Your name and your word are exalted above all things. When we asked for your help, O Lord, you answered and gave us courage. O Lord, the rulers of the earth shall praise you, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of your ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. O Lord, we will sing of your ways. With our whole heart we praise you. Your steadfast love and faithfulness endure forever. Let us stand and worship the Lord together. Sing the psalm this morning, church. Here we go. Thanks to the Lord, our God and King, church. His love endures forever. For He's good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. With the mighty hand.
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple, and seraphs were in abundance above him, and each had six wings, and with two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Let us pray. O Lord, we imagine ourselves self-sufficient, and then we run short, short of time, short of compassion, short of resolve. We find our future closed off, at times even at risk. So with varying degrees of panic or despair, we find ourselves surprisingly turning back to you, waiting instead of acting, receiving instead of making, invited to gratitude instead of success. 
You are the one who comes to barrenness and makes new. You promise like the stars for number, while we count according to the old math. So now in the silence, we admit before you our own shortcomings and our deep, deep need for you. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Jesus was asking them to leave it behind, and he said, come now and follow after me. Come and walk beside the water, come and walk beside the water with me. Jesus said, come and walk with me by sweet Galilee, and I will make to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. I'm going to be reading from chapter 4, verse 42, through chapter 5, verse 11. You will find it on page 62 in the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. Hear God's word to us. At daybreak, Jesus departed and went to a deserted place. And the crowds were looking for him. And when they reached him, they wanted to prevent him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So he continued proclaiming the message in the synagogues of Judea. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then they sat down, and he taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they both began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. And when they had left their boats and brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Fathers, we have been listening to the rain. We pray that your Holy Spirit would rain down upon us, bringing the mercy and the grace and the goodness of Jesus into our hearts, our minds, our very souls. For we long for his presence, and we gather here to worship you, to know his presence and to share his presence with others. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Several weeks ago, I was listening to an interview of Sarah Fryer. She is the CEO of the company Next Door. Have any of you heard of Next Door? Some of you. So Next Door is another application, one that you can download on your smartphone. It connects a person not only with people in their own community, but more importantly, Sarah said, it connects people with others in their neighborhood. Now, I will say, after listening to the interview, I thought she was quite compelling, so much so that I downloaded it on my smartphone. Now, after typing in my address, wow, my neighbors have a lot going on, don't yours? Have you seen my dog? Can you suggest a foot doctor? Someone's been stealing my Amazon packages from my front doorstep. Do you want to buy a couch? Join me for yoga. Anyone for drinks at the wine gallery? Don't leave yet. Now, Sarah was asked, why are so many people doubting, uh, downloading this application? And her response struck me. This is what she said. In our research across this country, we found that 70% of people don't even know their next door neighbor. We found that people are not pursuing the old traditional ways of seeking community, be it service clubs, neighborhood gatherings, or even churches. And yet we are aware that people long for community and connection. Thus, we came up with this app to connect people with their neighbors. We are even expanding out into the global market. Did you catch that? People long for community and connection. Several months ago on a Sunday morning after I had preached two sermons, I was a little tired. I got home about 12:15 p.m. I grabbed a water out of the fridge, turned on a football game, and I sat down. And as I was sitting down, my wife asked me, what are you doing? <laughs> Here's a safety tip. When your spouse asks, how are you doing or what are you doing, it's not merely out of interest. There is a potential disruption in the space-time continuum. I said, well, I thought I'd eat some lunch, watch some football, and take a nap. And she said, don't you remember? We were invited by our new neighbors down the street to their housewarming party. We need to go. 
and we should go right now. Now, let me give you some background. A young family moved into our neighborhood. They distributed invitations from a two-block radius from their home. These invitations said this, We just moved in, and we want to get to know you. Join us this Sunday anytime from 12 to 2 p.m. Now, the Monday before, I agreed with Jennifer to go, but this was Sunday. I just got home from church. I was tired. I wasn't into it. And I didn't think it would make any difference anyway. So I said to Jennifer, no one's going to notice if we show up or not. And then she said this, do you remember when we moved into this neighborhood? Do you remember how that felt? Let's go be with them. So we got to their door. And there was a sign that said, come on upstairs and join us. And as we slowly walked up the stairs, I could see the buffet table. (laughs) It was a full spread. There were sandwiches, mini tacos, all kinds of sushi, fruit and salad, and mimosas. Mimosas. And as we stepped up to the last stair, I was shocked. We were the only neighbors that showed up. The look on their faces was one of relief, and it was also one of joy. The first words out of her mouth was, you didn't need to dress up for this. And I said, well, we're just getting back from church. And the hour-long conversation of interest on their part commenced. After we were leaving, and as we were leaving to walk home, they both said, thank you so much for being here. We long for more than community and connection. What we truly long for is authentic presence. Can you remember a time when someone was present with you? Present in your life at just the right time. Most likely, you're here in this sanctuary. You're in a relationship with God because someone was present with you at just the right time. Maybe when you first moved to town or when you first had children. Or during a time of suffering, or a time of change, a time of questioning, a time of loneliness or longing, their real, authentic presence provided you with a sense of belonging. But more importantly, as you look back now, you see that their presence was a reflection of the goodness and the love of God in your life. Now, something profound happens in the Gospel of Luke from chapter 4 to chapter 5. Did you see it there? Jesus intentionally left the synagogue and he made his way to the shoreline of the lake, the Sea of Gennesaret. He left the religious center to go to be amongst the people, to be with them in their daily lives. And clearly we see there is something about Jesus that attracted in the crowds. A mass of people have joined him on the beach and they actually wanted to hear the word of God. They wanted to hear it so desperately that they're pressing in on him. And his response, he got into a boat and he requested that it be slightly moved off of the shore so that all the people could hear, listen, and respond to him. Why? Because Jesus didn't see them as a crowd. He sees them as persons, each loved and created by God. He wants His Word. He wants for the good news to be accessible to each and every person. He desires for them to experience His personal presence. We see this further when Jesus focuses on one person in particular, Simon. Simon Peter. Simon has already been following Jesus for a short time. In chapter 4, Simon had watched as Jesus had healed his mother-in-law. 
And before that same day was over, we're told that Jesus was out healing many people in that community. And Peter, Simon, must have seen that. And he had delivered many from demon possession. And yet, still, Simon had gone back to his old job in the old life that he knew so well at his home by the sea. And yet, Jesus stays present with Simon. Why? Because he loves and sees the possibility in each and every person to become what they were created to be. Jesus brings his presence in even closer. He engages in personal conversation with Peter. He asks Simon specifically to launch out and lower the nets. And we see the honesty of Simon there. He starts pushing back to Jesus. He thinks he knows better than Jesus. Jesus, well, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. I think I know when it's the right time to fish, and this is not the right time to fish. To add to it, all of those folks must have been exhausted from the night before of fishing. And yet there's something about the presence of Jesus that moves Simon, even in his tired half-heartedness. And he says, and some people say this is one of the most important words in that passage, Simon says, if you say so. And he lowers the net. And Jesus brings in his presence even closer still. When the sudden miraculous fish come about, we're told that Simon is now convinced. Convinced now. With that sudden miraculous catch of fish, he's aware that he is in the presence of the Almighty God, and he's overwhelmed with awe. He's overwhelmed with fear, and he's overwhelmed with the sin in his life. And he says what probably any of us would say, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful person. Depart from me, Lord. In other words, I need you to get away from me. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus, he healed my loved one. He showed up here on the shoreline. He spoke with me, not at me. He lovingly put up with my doubts. He engaged me in the line of my work. He revealed His power in this miracle that I would fully understand, and He's still standing here with me. Why would He want anything to do with me? Why would this Jesus desire to be present in my life? It's the question we've all asked at one time or another. It's the question that every person is asking deep down in their souls and their hearts, whether they are sitting here in this sanctuary or some sanctuary across this world, or whether they are walking along Forest Avenue. They are asking, why would God want anything to do with me? Why would God want to be present with me? I love the way that Henry Nouwen puts it in his book with burning hearts to answer the question. He said, it's the story of a God who wants to come close to us, so close that we can see Him with our own eyes, hear Him with our own ears, touch Him with our own hands, so close that there is nothing between us and Him, nothing that separates, nothing that divides, nothing that creates distance. Jesus is God for us. God with us, God within us. Jesus is God giving Himself completely, pouring Himself out without reserve. Jesus doesn't hold back or cling to His own possessions. He gives us all there is to give. We're told the disciples, they left everything out of response and they followed Jesus. To dare to go and be present in the life of another. Might we dare to go and to be present in the life of another? When Cameron, who did our call to worship this morning, good job, brother. When Cameron was in second grade, I got to know his dad. 
We were standing on the sideline on AYSO soccer practice, watching our sons aimlessly kick a ball around. You know what soccer's like at that age. A casual conversation followed about sports and raising kids and life in the LB. A few years later, we were coaching a baseball team together, and he asked me about the Molokai t-shirt I was wearing, and I told him all about the trip. He shared how he would love for his three kids to go on that trip one day when they were in high school. By sixth grade, Cameron is showing up at Caravan, our middle school ministry. In eighth grade, he asked if he could do his hero report about me. Tell that to my old high school teachers. (laughs) And he asked if he could fill me while I was coaching a Little League game. I remember what he said after that game. I didn't know pastors could be so competitive. (laughs) As he started high school, he joined our confirmation class. He was baptized. He confessed and affirmed his faith in Christ right up here. And that spring, he attended our first Molokai trip. By his sophomore year, he became a leader for our student ministry. And each summer, he served as a lifeguard, rescuing countless people, a lot of tourists, right, Cam? (laughs) Down on our beaches. As a two-time CIF water polo champ at the high school, he became a spiritual leader for that team. Cameron went on to Cal Lutheran, University for undergrad, continuing with water polo. And he's presently at Fuller Theological Seminary, supported by our Carson Trust. And he's completing his required church internship with us this winter and spring. And with the help of our Mission Outreach Committee, he'll be visiting two of the missionaries our church supports in Beirut, Lebanon in March. And he's going to shadow their mission work. And yes, this spring, he will be a leader for our annual Molokai service trip with his little sister going on the trip for a second time. This last November, when the mass shooting took place up at Thousand Oaks, one of Cameron's former Kalu water polo teammates was killed in the gunfire. Without a word from anyone, Cameron got into his car to drive up to his alma mater to be present with his former teammates for several days, even taking dinner to the boy's family. A quality of presence that he had clearly learned from Jesus, his Savior. So I ask us this morning, how might we dare to be present in the life of another? God only knows what might happen as we launch out into the shallows, into the deep, maybe even just across the street. I ask you now to stand as we affirm our faith together in our great God and Savior. Let us do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than ourselves. Let us not look to our own interests, but let us look to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory God the Father. Amen. Let us enter into a time of prayer together. Our gracious God, we are grateful that you have come to be one of us and among us, to know us and love us in Jesus. We are amazed that you would take the time, that you would make the investment, 
We ask that you would help us to move out of our own shallowness into the depths of who you are, that we might turn to our neighbors and make the same kind of investment, deep and full. When we engage people, help us to engage them as full human beings, to see what you see in them and for them. Help us to pay attention to their lives, even the lives of our spouses, our children, our grandchildren, that we might know them in depth, that we might be present with them even in their pain and their questions and their doubts. Oh Lord, help us as a nation to become more present for each other unless opinionated about our own ideas about what should be and what should not be. Lord, help us to become a nation of people that are present and loving and caring, even for people with whom we have disagreements. Help us to be like you. We pray for the world in which we live. That you would create people that are leaders and servants in various parts of the world where people are treated so poorly and with disdain. That your goodness and love might be known face to face, person to person, through your servants, through your disciples, through your apostles. And teach us to be a people of prayer as we listen to your voice and we listen to the voices of the people around us. And so we pray that prayer that you taught us to pray, knowing that you are teaching us how to be present with you and with others. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When you give, you give to the investment of what you have heard today. That we might be present for those around us who are hungry to know that God loves them. You make an investment in deepening the relationships with our neighbors. May God help us to put that into action as we give. In your music insert, you'll find the refrain or the chorus to this song. Feel free to sing along then we'll stand together and sing it together as a part of the offertory.
grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Your feet may fail and fear surrounds me. God, before our well-being, there was your graciousness. Before our delight, there was your generosity. Before our joy, there was your goodwill. You give generously, abundantly, inexplicably. You give more than we could ask or think or need. And so in gratitude, we bring you these gifts, asking that you will use them and that you will use us for your work in this community and this world. 
Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Under this service, we invite you to come forward to have someone pray for you and pray with you. There will be pray ministers that are standing right next to our font, and we'd love to have you stop there. You will still have time to find plenty of food at Parish Sunday. They will make sure that there is some for you, even if you stop to have someone pray with you at the end of the service. May we dare to leave here today and be present in the life of another being a reflection of God's love and grace to each and every person God gives us the opportunity to be with. And now may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you.